Hello, it's me. Welcome back to Insights Unlocked. The next season kicks off a few Mondays from now with some incredible guests such as Don Norman, Teresa Torres, and Jorge Arango, among others. In this bonus episode, we look back to our conversation in episode 87 with Ari Zelmanow and user testing's Michelle Huff. Ari's a former police detective turned UX researcher and now leads UX research over at Twilio. In this clip, Ari explains why he thinks we need to reinvent UX researchers' role within organizations to be less of a service provider and more of a consultant providing strategic advice. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing, where we bring you candid conversations and stories with the thinkers, doers, and builders behind some of the most successful digital products and experiences in the world from concept to execution. I think there's always been this interesting dynamic between research and business and outcomes and how how people translate between the two. And I, I guess I'd love to, you know, you you wrote, um, uh, if anyone checks out on, on uh, Ari's LinkedIn uh, post, he, he has some strong opinions, but I think they're really insightful. And, and I'd love for you to, to share a little bit more. You've talked about how maybe we need to blow up how research is actually done and replace it with this strategic insight and foresight team. Um, and maybe that kind of connects back to like the future of where you think sh- should go and, and kind of this connecting back to outcomes. So starting from where research was or has been, we've been, we, we've kind of relegated ourselves as a profession to service providers. We feel like the value or, or the, the, at least the, the revealed value that we've had is we're going to do usability tests. We're going to do interviews. We're going to represent the voice of the customer in conversations. The problem with that is that it, it's, it doesn't paint to an outcome. Those are all outputs. SIF teams or strategic insight and foresight teams, I think are the research of the future. They should be centralized teams accountable to all, but beholden to no one. So if you think about checks and balances or independence or being being independent from from influence or bias, these researchers would still serve marketing. They would still serve customer success. They would still serve product or UX teams, but they would do so by having a single source of truth for all of the data and information. And like a detective, they would put together cases um, about what the business should do, and then they should develop a point of view and present that to the business. Now, that's also it's based upon business stakeholders like Michelle, you're a CMO. You're not, you don't want a researcher coming in and being like, I don't want you knowing anything about the customers. We're going to tell you everything and you shouldn't (laughs) have a point of view. We, you should have a point of view and research should have a point of view. And when you have that, you're using data to have better conversations and make better decisions. And you're doing it based upon data rather than bias, conjecture, or opinion. I think that pulling together insights teams from across the company to tell a, a more holistic and better story, it makes me think of that the story of the blind men and the elephant, right? One feels the trunk and says it's a snake. One feels the tusk and says it's a spear. The tail's a rope, the side's a wall, et cetera, et cetera. And then if you step back from that and you had all of them come together, they would be able to piece together the story that it's actually an elephant. That's how it should go with today's research teams. Oh, definitely. Well, it's interesting. I, I, I think um, 
to that point, I remember, uh, you know, just even at user tested, we used to have um, a little video clip and it was someone interacting with Alexa device in their kitchen. And it was a small little clip of someone interacting. And I've always pointed out it could be the exact same clip, but depending on your function, people had really different observations, right? Like um, um, someone in the the design um team would probably look at it and go, oh, that's so interesting. It's just plopped right in the center of the island and the cords are kind of everywhere. And right. And so there's this like, that's an inch. I, I would have never thought they'd put it there. Right. And, and um, someone from the marketing organization maybe would be listening. It's like, oh, that's interesting that but when they were showing it off, they referred to, you know, it's a her, it's a she, it's, it's, it's Alexa, right? Like it's this person, you know, and then from the, um, product management, it was at the very end, they said, you know, I sometimes use it as an alarm clock, you know, <laughs> surely product would be like, oh, there's like an interesting feature, like I never thought that, you know, of, of maybe using it a different way. And, and, and so I just, you, you think of all the different observations that different teams would have from that one clip. And it just reminded me of your, your trunk versus, right? Like, I feel like when people have different points of views, and they're coming to the table, it almost creates a better, richer, debates and conversation of what should be done. A hundred percent. And I think the problem is that researchers have historically like delivered data. And I believe that researchers shouldn't just deliver data. They shouldn't just deliver insights. They should deliver counsel. They should be the consigliere to the business, like Tom Hagen in The Godfather uh, <laughs> or in Game of Thrones, the right hand to the yeah. king, the person that gives advice. And I think the other part of that that's interesting is People, I think, have historically thought of research as needing to be this impartial box where people collect things and it's unbiased. But I think that a research project is really three phases, right? It's phase one is data collection. That should be impartial. As a detective, you go to a scene and you make sure that you don't taint the evidence. You don't put your DNA in other people's DNA. You collect the fingerprints in the right way. Everything is collected with impartiality. But then the second phase of a project is building the case. That's when you're piecing together the evidence and making sense of what you what all that evidence means. And then the third is negotiating an outcome. It's presenting that case to make a decision. As a detective, it's should we should we prosecute this individual or or should we not? The same applies in business. We collect the evidence, we build a case, and we negotiate an outcome. Yeah, no, I love it, and I think um, you know, I guess maybe related to this is, okay, if, if you kind of see this shift um, to have research teams be more, right, like they are strategic consultants and, um, you know, some organizations really have kind of a belief that that really no one else should speak to the customer. It should all go through something centralized, right, because they would be doing it wrong or like it wouldn't be, you know, non-biased, like, like, They'll use it just to, to kind of prove their own points. And, and there's kind of a lot of fear in other people talking to organizations. And, and how, how do you think about that if, if you, you know, in the spirit of what you think research should translate to and, and, then, and then what should the rest of the organizations do? Because on the flip side, I also talk to sometimes product managers or, and they're like, yeah, don't we have a team like that talks to the customers? I don't I only have to, right? So like I see the dynamic in, in much, much, lots of different ways. I think that product managers, marketers should talk to customers, full stop. Like there's no research should not be gatekeeping, although I don't think gatekeeping is the bad word that people make it out to be. I think 
that research being an independent function that works and reports directly to the C-suite that isn't measured on research report output makes that okay. And here's how that works. If a product manager is talking to a customer and they're calling them interviews or something else, but research is doing what research is supposed to be doing, they're corroborating or triangulating. Now, a product manager might come to a point of view, but a researcher should be developing a point of view. If those points of view contradict, well, it's then you try it in the court of uh, in the court of business appeal. Like you, let's let's talk about both points of view and the evidence that gets us here. I think it makes for a much better, richer debate and conversation. It's we should not be we should not be delivering that for other people to just make decisions. And I, I believe that we have to be independent. We have to be free from influence. The problem is, is that many research teams right now are under UX, they're under design teams, they're under product or they're under marketing. And what ends up happening is you'll hear in the language, we need to validate this idea. When somebody's saying we need to validate this idea, they're saying we need you to confirm what I'm thinking is right. Um, and that's confirmation bias 101. Instead, if, if you heard language like, hey, can we test these assumptions? Now that's, that's much more interesting to me. Want to keep the conversation going? You can find the show notes at usertesting.com slash podcast. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, or Google Play so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's show, please share it with a friend or leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, this is Insights Unlocked, an original podcast from User Testing.